Hi to everyone listening. I'm Lindsay, owner of Cannabom CBD Topicals, and this is my podcast, Cannamoms, where I talk to other Cannamoms or non-moms, but always about cannabis. I'm so excited to welcome Aaron Richard on the podcast this week. Not only is he one of my favorite people to follow just because of his sense of humor, but he also hosts his own podcast, Fun to Speculate. He's the co-founder of The Weed Tube, and he's a new author of the book, Being Found. Hello. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Never better in my entire life. (laughs) Well, that's fucking fantastic. So, Aaron, when did you start your cannabis journey? Ooh, that's a good question. Thanks. Um, Sort of two different answers. I mean, I had the classic cannabis experience like you do when you're maybe a teenager a little bit, you know, with your friends in high school. Like, I had, like, two or three experiences, I would say, in high school. Um, Prior to high school, was, like, very sheltered. That was, like, not an option. Cannabis was, like meth like you could not do that yeah so I had a few experiences in high school which were really really fun but I actually didn't really uh you know mess around with cannabis too much after that until I was like 22 years old maybe and uh it was because a doctor specialist doctor for this blood cell disease that I have called mastocytosis um recommended it as soon as it was legalized for medicinal use in Colorado because I was one of like 22 people that he was working with with mastocytosis and um, I had the ability to get legal cannabis to use it as a treatment for it. And so he wanted to know how that was going to go and everything. He didn't necessarily tell me to like smoke as much weed as I did. (laughs) He was very much like (laughs) pro topicals, but yeah, I took the prescription as a recommendation to just really dive into the cannabis culture and yeah, that's how that started. I love that. That's so cool. And it's very rare. I guess since you're in Colorado, it might be more, you know, frequent. Yeah, because we were so early. Yeah, here in Arizona, no doctor would ever say like, oh, try cannabis. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. That doctor actually wasn't in Colorado. He was in Michigan um, primarily. But he's a specialist for like the disease that I have. So he would like go around and work with the people. And so he got another doctor doctors that give me the prescription here but mm-hmm. he it was it was like a see how it worked thing and it's great because I used to literally take like eight to ten pills a day and now I just take one over-the-counter antihistamine and like all of these symptoms that at one time made my life unbearable yeah. <laughs> or very not fun just aren't there anymore what are the symptoms what do you experience from your disease it's very gastrointestinal so it's very I have like a awful relationship with food Got it. You know? Yeah. I just have food in me. You know, if I was to eat perfectly, uh, I'm basically hyper allergic to histamine. Okay. In the simplest way to put it possible. It causes these spots all over my body. It's like a, it's a very, very rare rare disease. I've actually, uh, I've never personally met anyone else with it in person. I've met a lot of people over the internet, thankfully because of it, but I've never met anybody else in person. And it's, mostly just an allergy to histamine. And when you learn about histamine, really, it's it, it's like a byproduct of the existence of food. Therefore, most food develops it. Um, by the time, it, like, even like fresh fish from the ocean, if you like froze it two days later, 
would have so much histamine on it. And norm people can handle histamine. Like yeah. other people can handle it, but just like my body can't. Oh my God. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm glad that at least we're like living in a time where cannabis is accessible and at least considered an option. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess my next question is, do you experience judgment from your family or friends for your career choice of being involved in the cannabis community, but you seem to have started because of a disease, so maybe your family is less inclined to judge you? I'm going to break it down. Okay. (laughs) They haven't even gotten, some of my family hasn't even gotten the ability to judge me about the weed part of my life yet, because they still haven't gotten over the fact that I'm gay. (laughs) So you're like, you guys just worry about that. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just start there, and then when you've gotten over that, then you can, we can see how you feel about the weed thing. But um, I would say, for the most part, like the the people in my family that I have interacted with in the last couple of years are all um, not super judgmental about it to me to my face. Just, and I think it's due to like success, maybe in it. Yeah, what can they say? Uh, yeah, exactly. And like you know, I, I think. I don't know. It's weird. I really expected my dad to not like it, but like my dad moved to Alabama. Oh man. Which, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I went and visited him in Alabama and he had his uh, neighbor over lovely guy, biggest Trump supporter I've ever met, which is not about politics, but I just want you to picture. Who right. This is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my dad just goes up to him and says, this is my son. He's the co-founder and CEO of the We Too. And he wrote a book and, and I'm just like, oh my God, my dad like thinks I'm cool to like this person he barely knows too. So Aww. like, I guess he is okay with it, but I don't know where that came from. That's so sweet though. Cause I didn't think it would be that way. Yeah. Some people definitely just, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't think any of them have a problem with the weed, you know? Yeah. More so the game. Yeah. <laughs> definitely the game. <laughs> and, and you know what though? That's okay with me, Lindsay, because I, there's nothing that I can do about it. I know it. what so, they want you to, to do. To me, it's so, it, that doesn't bother me at all, yeah. at all. But like, if they were to like be like, oh, I hate that you work with weed, I would be like, okay, I'm really going to have to have a Let me educate you, you for a second. Yeah, yeah, really quick. Oh, you don't like me because I'm gay? Well, join the club. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> join the club. Lots of other people don't either. <laughs> Oh, my God. It took me 16 years to be okay with it, too, girl. I'll give you some time. Yeah. So you started smoking weed. How did you go from smoking weed for your disease to making weed videos on YouTube? Um. Well, I fell in love with YouTube, and I was just uh, – I tried to sort of make content about a lot of different things. Like, at the beginning of my channel, it was very much all over the place. And – um. I don't remember what sparked the interest for me to make a video. Uh, I think I like had to show someone how to smoke weed out of a pipe for the first time. And I was like, I should make a video out of this. Cause it is like, it's, you know, it, it's the easiest thing to do in the world for a stoner. But honestly, like a lot of people, the first time they hold a pipe in their hand and they've never seen anybody do it, you know, and they come from mm-hmm. like a sheltered existence. It's like, a horrifying it's like what is this yeah i pull so, too hard where's the carb like <laughs> so oh many God, things how do you hold it what yeah. do you light like <laughs> yeah the lighter like 
And, you know, when I first, the first time I smoked weed, I was just like terrified of what the, what the pipe was and how to work it. And, you know, I had become pretty damn good at it after a while. And so I was like, Oh, I'll just make a video about this. And then that video, I think before my channel got deleted, had like just over a million views on it. And like most of the people who I meet in person are all like, you taught me how to smoke weed. And I'm like, Oh, that's crazy that it got a million views. (laughs) Yeah. Just teaching people how to smoke weed. Well, just safely. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you're you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to do it. Like, just know how to do it well. And someone who's done it quite a few times that can show you, you know, like tilt your lighter and the bowl a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and the whole thing. So The whole thing. The whole thing. Um, why did your YouTube get deleted at 170,000 subscriptions? I wish I knew that answer to that question. They don't provide you any information? No, not at all. I mean, I, I in general, I got deleted for weed content. That's, I think, the in general answer. Um, but, like, I, I don't think there's one specific thing that it can be traced to, you know? It's really annoying, too, because I have a second YouTube channel um, that was, like, my vlog channel that was associated with that other account that, like, I can't even log into access now, mm. but it's still on YouTube. So I can't do anything oh with God. it, but it's still there. I can't delete it. I can't leave comments. I can't do anything. That makes no sense. It's so, it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I have reached out to them a ton of times about it. And like, no, it's like impossible to get a hold of someone at YouTube. You're really inspirational too with everything you've been able to do in like the past, what, five years that I've maybe even less um, just been like following you on social media between mm-hmm. becoming an influencer, I guess would be the word to starting your own app and now this book just like whoa Mm. like like, look at all he does in a day like you're always like posting you're like responding to emails you and your assistant like just getting stuff done but having fun too and I'm sure there's moments where you've been like no that wasn't the case I was like drowning and (laughs) you know but um no absolutely not because you know what I think at a a time that I that I was drowning was like that part of me like because that person you were just talking about i feel like that person died yeah definitely wow i feel like for uh like well not really like thank you for saying all the nice things and yes i did write a book this year and i mean i still have like a hustle but um that part of me that was like i used to like post that i was working hard so that people would think that i was even though i really was because i wanted that validation mm-hmm. and now i work hard because I care about it and I don't necessarily share it with the world. Yeah. And that's better. I think the last year, as crazy as it has been, has been a a universal signal for the world to slow down. Oh yeah. Because we've all had to, and it made all of us uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but some of us, and I hope more people do have found comfort in the slowing down. Yeah. And I think that I want to continue to do things that I want to do and be inspired because those, you know, like creating certain things and doing things like writing a book and stuff like that. It's like, it's just something that has to get out of me. It's not something I can like stop if I wanted to, but being the part of me that was driven by anxiety that I wasn't doing enough, that part of me is gone. Yes. I actually agree 100%. I didn't realize how much I expected myself to complete in a week until oh I had to stop 
because of quarantine and everything. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I like this? There's no one telling yep. me I have to do this, 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 and this today to be quote unquote yeah. successful. Well, that's also being self-employed, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. It's such when a... You, when you have a boss who's telling you like, this is what you have to get done this week, then it's easy to like do the thing you're supposed to do and walk away. When you are the boss, mm -hmm. you have to know like what to make yourself do that's enough. But also there's this whole cultural drive of like self-entrepreneurship that says like you have to work as hard as you possibly can to achieve this goal or it's not going to happen. Yeah. How do you navigate any drama or hate that comes up from being like an online personality? Now or in the past? <laughs> mm, both. Yes, there was a drama in the last year that everyone had to experience. I feel like the year before, at about the same time as the drama from 2020, um, I was the target of a lot of drama. As someone who was the target of drama, it's not fun. Um, yeah. But I will say for me, personally for me, uh, it accomplished what it needed to. And what I mean by that is the way I reacted to drama then and prior to them, because I, you know, I've piped up a few times in some YouTube stuff back in the day too. So yeah, I never, you know, like the, I have this song called Dank Ass Christmas, which yes. we, like the remix is very popular, but the original is like a drama song. <laughs> That's not ah. cute. Like, yeah. So, um, I mean, I definitely never used to react well. I feel like maybe I was good at like getting my point across in a way that kind of was like, oh, you know what I mean? But like, that I'm good at doing that doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. But mm -hmm. I did. I used to, like, get very involved, overly involved, always wanted to interject my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I was the subject of the discourse, um, I it, it made me – that was when that person died. Yeah. Because I had to stop everything that I was doing and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you do, Aaron Richard? to have such a situation where this is what's happening to you. Like, regardless of what they're saying it is or what anyone's saying about you, you need to look at yourself for a second and realize the energy that's being sent your way and ask yourself why. Yeah. What do you, what do you need to you learn? Need, because I know, and I've all, I've known for a long time, you, it's, you get what you put out. So what, what the hell was I putting out to get that back? Right. And so I had to take like, I mean, I disappeared from social media for like months. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I was not around for quite a while. And that was, and that wasn't like performative to people to be like, I'm going to disappear. I like stepped down from the WeTube and I got off social media for a while because between that drama happening, my mom died and my husband of 11 years and I got divorced all in the same one month. Yeah, I remember so, that. And I remember being so mad at people like coming for you. I'm like, are you a human? But it's okay because it, it's okay though, because I did have to go through it. Like it yeah. took all of that for me to even stop and say, what, what am I doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Because up to the point right before, like when it all first started, I was very like, this is stupid. This is stupid. If it didn't go exactly as far as it went, then it, it wouldn't have had the impact that it needed. Yeah. So it's good that it happened because I took that time. I got to relearn myself. And let me tell you something, Lindsay, I'm still not comfortable with myself. It's still like a daily struggle, which I think is a good thing because I felt, I feel like if I felt so good about myself, it would mean that I was done growing. And I just don't think that I am. 
Yeah, and I think everyone can actually relate to that. Like, you don't have to go through the same exact things that you just mentioned, but everyone has something in their life that pushed them to the point to go, what What am I doing? You know? Yeah. And if you haven't yet, it will come for you. <laughs> yeah, it will don't get comfortable. <laughs> Do not get comfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I just... That whole situation really made me have to stop and think and, and learn and do these new things. And now I'm still even tentative about who, like who I am. Like, I feel like, you know, especially because of COVID, we don't have very many social situations. So I don't have new opportunities a lot to like figure out who I am now with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, it's a daily learning experience communicating with people I've already known because I'm really like everybody around me has been like, it's, you're different. Like you have changed. Like it's a different kind of communication. And sometimes I still fall behind and like drop into this egoic version of myself that needs to like argue. But like, I feel like I've made a lot of change, but I haven't, I, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I don't feel like I'm fully understanding of like how to be who I am inside and not let the outside world corrupt it. Right. Yeah. So until I'm there, then I won't feel super comfortable still being in, you know, on social media like the way I used to be. When you decided to step down from the weed tube, were you just like accumulating all this knowledge you were just speaking of? And um, now you, now that you're back in it, have you taken over the same position you were in before when you stepped down? No, it's totally different. What does it take? Like what? What was that like? I mean, I know you were just working with friends, which also can be difficult. And then, like, throw on cannabis, like, pro... Yeah. Well, pro- what it took for me in that moment was setting aside anything but the needs of the business, meaning, like, it's not personal anymore. Mm-hmm. There's something greater going on here. If you don't pull your weight, I'm going to make sure you do they took a lot of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It took a lot of losing friendships. It took a lot of tough conversations. So now it's very different because now I'm, it's very much more laid back approach on my part. It's very much like I, I have committed to 2021 for the weed tube last year when I came back was just picking up a lot of pieces and getting everything back to the way that it was this year for me is forgetting everything I think I know about the weed tube and being open to something completely new and different for our future. And so I actually couldn't tell you what it's going to be, but I know that my role within it is to empower now more than to enforce. <laughs> okay. So meanwhile, while all this is going on, you wrote a fucking book. Like yeah. you wrote a book. I have it in my car, like a physical book like that's crazy i'm so proud of you good job first of all i am like thank you so much i'm like savoring it almost like Uh i'm halfway through and i'm like stopping myself because it's like a page turner you know and i'm like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen but then i'm like oh my god the second one isn't even out yet like you better slow this down or you're gonna be like done in two days you know i need it to be like made into something visual like I need I need to know what these people look like. Like I want to see Nick. Nick looks like Nick Jonas, but maybe a little taller. <laughs> Got it. And with purple eyes. <laughs> yep. 
But um, yeah, like but the things I'm I, seeing I in my head, I just like need to see on a screen yeah. or something. Like I just want to know, I guess more so I want to know like what you saw and like if it's the same as what I'm seeing when I'm like in my head reading the book, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, what can you explain what your book's about and what inspired you to write it? Well, what inspired me to write it was I wrote a movie in my head. Yeah. Like, um, it kind of reads like that too. Like, that's why I want it to be made into a movie so much, is because it's like a movie in your head while you're reading it. It's very cool. Yeah. I think, um, I think, uh, when I, when I used to go to bed a lot, I, I had insomnia for a couple of years. And so what I started doing was like putting those annoying thoughts to work on something. And I just started writing this like movie in my head every night when I went to bed. And mm-hmm. then it just became so good that I would like write parts of it down. And I, I wrote that book over like the period of six years, but I did write the majority of it in 2020. Um, and it's about, well, I've been told I'm actually not good at describing what it's about from readers who say you you don't describe what it's about well because what it's about is so much more than what you said but i guess what i would describe it as is um it's a science fiction but it's really not a science fiction because it's not super sciencey but it is about there are aliens in it there are alternate universes in it um and it's just very like young adults but also adults uh unique i don't know Lindsay. i don't know i don't know it's so hard to describe it it's all about actually the fact that love transcends gender mm-hmm. um, and soulmates and stuff like that. So it's, it's you know, grab a copy beingfoundbook.com or you can get it on Amazon if you search being found. And do you have like the second and third book like played out in your head already? And you just have oh, to like yeah, sit down big and... time. I know exactly. I know not exactly because a lot of the story changed from the first book that I thought it would be, but I know what's, I know what's going down. I really was scared when I released it. I'm like, bitch, I'm not a writer. I don't know who thought I was a writer or whatever, but here I am releasing a book. I'm like, God, I hope it's good. And then the editors are like, it's really good. And then like the people who read it are like, it's really good. And then I have this TikTok blow up about it. And a bunch of people like (laughs) left reviews that said, I saw about this on TikTok. I thought it was going to be terrible, but it was actually really good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> oh, I live for that. I'm like, I love that you thought it was going to be terrible and you bought it just to see to, like, if it be was supportive yeah. of me, <laughs> but like that you actually liked it. Does Cameron, does he like embody a little bit of you? Because with the singing. Oh, 100%. Okay. I was going to say. 100% like was, it used to, the main character of the book was named after me at first. And then everyone was like, no, you cannot do that. (laughs) Well, I I caught on a little because I knew about the singing and he, you know, in the book, he talks about like the pressures of singing and how he can sing, but not act. And like, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the dad thing. That whole thing was my reality. That whole part is my reality. I love that. It, I want to be Cameron. Like, I want this to be happening to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to go see Tilda and, like... <laughs> That's I'm... why it works. That's why people like it is because they're like, oh, I want this to happen to me. Yeah. And it's just so relevant to, like, what our world is going through right now. Like, c- culturally, we love aliens right now on this planet. We'd be talking about them. We'd be making movies about them. Like, yeah. it's just... Always really good right now. It's it's the vibe. Well, how can we follow you on social media? And again, how can people order your book? 
You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron's. My name is spelled A-R-E-N-D. It's weird, but um, basically if you search A-R-E-N-D on social media, I I come up. You're the only one. uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's a few. They live in Holland, though. But um, (laughs) Twitter is my favorite platform to connect with people on. It's Aaron Loves You. Uh, Instagram is Aaron Richard which is a pretty good one too. Um, the weed tube, you can follow me, Aaron Richard. Um, I have a new series called Stoner Thoughts coming out next week. It's going to be really good. And you can buy my book at beingfoundbook.com. That's beingfoundbook.com or on Amazon by searching being found. And you also have a podcast, right? Yes. It's called fun to speculate fun. The number two speculate. We talk about wild and crazy ideas like, what happens if we don't do anything about climate change? What uh, would the world be like if aliens showed up tomorrow? Lots of wild and crazy ideas. Um, definitely check it out on all podcast platforms. You can download the WeTube app, right, through the App Store. You can, Android or Apple Store, the WeTube. I would recommend, um, we, we're about to upgrade to version 2.0 of the app, so I would recommend keeping your eye on the updates section of your App Store because the update has been a long time coming. It's been a whole year and we are very excited about it. It's going to be a huge update. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I love you as a person and as like a cannabis influencer slash inspiration. Um, So just thank you again for being here and sharing your story so authentically and honestly. Um, Really easy to talk to and I can't wait to air it. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for having me. You're an icon, and everyone should buy everything from Cannabombs. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Well, we'll talk really yeah. soon, and we'll plan your podcast. Yeah, we will, because I need to get a lot of them done, so I'm excited about that. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. This has been Cannabombs with Cannabombs. Go smoke a joint. You deserve it.